Welcome to the Working Hands Podcast. I'm your host, Tony of Woodland Iron, joined by Keith of Blackthorn Concepts and Chad of Chad's Custom Creations. What's going on, boys? Hi. How are you going? I'd like to thank Sabretooth, our sponsor this week. You can go there for all your carving burrs, sabretooth.com. If you use code WH, you get 10% off. What have been up to, Chad? I have been finally finished with the military memorabilia. Finally got all those out. Yeah, the lo-fi challenge that we did last week, I think, was a big help for me in the shop. I mean, I just put on some lo-fi music, got focused, pulled out that big old Bosch sander and just knocked stuff out quickly, got focused and just took a huge shipment to uh, the United States Postal Service. I even had to use a hand truck. I had so many boxes. It was was a good feeling. So that big sander is working out for you? I'm loving it. It, uh, Chris said it it's kind of like the power of an angle grinder but in the power of a six inch sander but it also has the orbital so you're not getting swirl marks it it leaves a really nice finish i'm really liking it and i'm pairing it with the 3m extract i think they call it cubitron or something like that it's Mm. working out pretty good i'm not really impressed with the durability of those sanding pads i'm tearing through them pretty quickly but I, is that the one, uh, what's his name, did the the test on and then they sold out? Oh, uh, Katz Moses? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember. This might be what he used, and maybe that's why I bought these. Actually, I think they just came up on Amazon as the first choice, but it's like that fabric, like the net, you know, the net kind of stuff. Uh, I don't think that's what he was using. Okay. So, so Jeff over Green Street warned me about the net stuff. I bought a Festool one. Mm-hmm. And he said, don't use the net stuff. My old sander died. He's like, don't use the net, which I had for like 20 years. And then he said, don't use the net stuff. It ruins the pads. And I think that's what Aww. killed my old one. I hope that doesn't happen because right if now you, mine is very sticky and I really like that. If you're using the uh, the the net stuff, they come with the interference pad. Like the there's a, a pad that comes in with new Velcro on both sides to hold it. Mm-hmm. Make sure you're using that if you are using the net stuff. What is that? So you you mean there's a, a pad before the actual net? So the pad that comes on the sander, mm-hmm. right? The platen or whatever you want to call like it. Like the hard pad. Yeah. <clears throat> when you buy the net stuff, they come with an an interface pad, or at least the brand I bought did. And you have to, use, it'll work either way, but what you should do is use that so you're not destroying the pad that's on the oh, sander. You're okay. destroying that. It's kind of like a, like they know it's going to destroy it. So mm-hmm. you probably threw it away when you opened your pack and slapped it onto your. I haven't opened up the whole box, so maybe it's underneath the, the actual sanding pads. I need to tear in there and see if it's in there. What brand are you using? Are you using Diablo? Mm hmm. Okay. Yeah, see, I haven't... I was on my old sander. Okay. I'll have to look into that. But other than that, since that's all out, I thought I was going to be able to jump back into YouTube. So I was really excited because I had it all in my calendar. I had different videos for every weekend, and I was emailing people, letting them know their videos would be ready. And then I got a visit from a very important client of mine. He came by and he told me he was opening a retail store in a week. And he said he needed to build, he needed me to build out his retail store, build him tables, build him signs, and build him some frames all within a week. So that's what I've been jumping on right now, trying to get all that knocked out. And tonight, before I go to bed after this, I'm going to get back onto these frames because he's picking up in two days, I think. So trying to get everything ready for him. But again, a great client pays my mortgage multiple times a month. So I'm going to continue keeping him happy. <laughs> it's working out well. Just a lot of work. What kind of tables did you build? Live edge plywood tables. Oh, how did you say that with a straight face? This is uh, <laughs> this is a, a 
a college class in in trolling us. What, what do you mean? <laughs> okay, well, the store that I'm building out, he kind of likes the rustic look. He likes the live edge look, but he doesn't want to spend. I mean, I don't even know where would you find four inch wide, eight foot long live edge walnut slabs. Is that my lumber supplier? And how much would you pay for that? I don't know. Whatever he charges. Okay. Well, for this client in particular, he is looking for store displays. It's not a fancy restaurant. It's not going in someone's dining room. So he wants the look, but he wants it done on a budget. So that's the route I'm going with it. And it works out pretty well. Lightweight, easy to transport. I think it kind of looks like walnut, actually. Yeah, I mean, I saw it in the stories, but they look kind of thin, no? Yeah, I mean, they're only three quarters of an inch thick. I thought you said they had to be four inches thick. When did I say four inches? Four. Where do you find four inch walnut four, slabs? Four, four foot inch wide. wide. Oh, four, four foot, foot wide. Four foot or four inches? Four foot. Four foot by eight okay. foot wide. Yeah, he wants some big. Four inch. So what did you do for the edge treatment? Just leave the look of plywood? No, no, no. You edge band it. Edge band it all up. It's hard because it's a curved edge. You don't have straight edges. I mean, probably the hardest part about building these tables is actually getting the edge banding to adhere nicely. Takes a lot of time. Good for you, man. That's a problem-solving solution, I guess. Mm -hmm. Keeps the client happy. Yeah. Very cool. What about you, Tony? Uh, can't really say I've been up to a whole lot. Um, been too warm to be out in the shop. So <laughs> we actually had pretty warm weekend, so I didn't do a whole lot. Um, yeah, I guess I'm just trying to get some stuff together to get out in the shop, but I haven't really, uh, I'm really get out there. I wish I would, but can't seem to get out there. Does this mean my knife hasn't been being made yet? No, you're way, way down the list. I mean, this Liveage plywood's putting even further down the list. <laughs> yeah. The heat, though, has been killer lately. Uh, I don't know what it's like up by you, but here it was very hot this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, well, I'm in my basement right now and I'm actually got, almost got a bit of a sweat going. So that's odd for this, for this time of year, even. So what about you, Keith? Oh, I've been doing a ton of stuff. Um, so we all know about the CNC saga I've had ever since I bought the CNC machine and I'm officially done with it. I think I, uh, I had another client build for somebody that I had to get done and I was hesitant to take it to begin with because CNC has been hit or miss on any project I've ever done, but I've done everything I can to make it work right and run right. And I had a couple of successful runs on it, like making little like stamps and stuff, like minor cuts. So I was like, all right, I'll take it on. And I was doing it out of HDU. So some real lightweight stuff cuts nice, beautiful. And I set it all up and I get the thing going and the demons have arrived back and the CNC gets a mind of its own. Like the G code's all right. There's no artifacts that say drop the Z down here or raise it here or dart that way. When you run the simulation in Fusion, it runs fine. No hits, no nothing. And Saturday, I was out there fighting with it to get started. Um, the hardware went bad on it for some reason. The emergency stop button was broken. I don't know how that happens. It's a button. So I had to take the machine apart, get those wires off the back of that, get a new stop button to get it to work. So that was one problem. And then it wouldn't recognize the computer. So I had to troubleshoot that for a while. This is after it was recognizing the computer just because, you know, it, it doesn't want to work. And then I finally get it all operational again. I run some tests on it. Seems to work fine. There's no binding. There's no anything. Everything's running smoothly. I cleaned all the rails. I got it all nice and uh, oiled up properly. Everything's moving. Sweet. Beautiful. I start to carve. I'm about two and a half hours into the carve, and it dives into the bed in a random pattern. 
right through the workpiece. Oh. And it was only a five-hour carve, 3D carve. So I stop it, you know, with my new stop block. And at that point, it was like three in the morning. And I'm like, I'm just not going to bother with this thing tonight. I'm going to bed or this morning or whatever you want to call it. So I pull that out. I get it. Uh, you know, it's the same issues I keep having. But every time it's something different for no reason, it does something else. So I go back. I look at all the Z code. And I figure, you know what? Because it's HDU and it's going to be painted. I can fill that with Bondo after I do all the roughing passes before I do the final parallel pass. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it'll just clean it up. And, you know, once it's painted, no one's going to know. No one's going to know. Yeah. No one's going to know. And so I started up again in the morning and it's running. I was able to refine home and everything because naturally the software crashes because it's a garbage machine. And I get it all running again. And there's one spot, like it's doing a circle thing, like in the adaptive clear. And it, It'll have ridges because I'm using a bigger bit at this point, not a roundover bit. So it's got the ridges, right? Mm-hmm. And it left. It just decided I'm not going to cut this area. And it lifted up and it moved over about three inches and then lowered itself back down and kept cutting. Like, that's weird, hmm. right? So I go back to my other computer and I'm looking at the simulation and that's not in there. Like, it's supposed to run right through. I'm like, that's weird, you know? So you'd like, I don't really know how to read the G code, like where that is, but I'm like, it doesn't say it in there. Maybe it was a skip. Who knows? Maybe it's this infamous Stepcraft's solution of interference that they always tell me. I was like, okay, that's weird. But on the final pass, that'll go away. So now I'm thinking, all right. So about another 30 minutes into that carve, it just, it just takes a right turn and goes into the, piece again at a completely different spot right and i'm like all right so i've had one time where it slammed into the new aluminum bed ruined the piece i've had a miscalculation in one area right where it just didn't cut and now it went into the machine again but the z height didn't change so now it's just another axis and it went in almost deliberately like perfectly to the center of it so it went in with both the X and Y. So it's not like one, one side skipped a little bit. Mm-hmm. It changed directions for both and went in. So I'm like, that's weird, right? Something's going on. But I'm like, another thing I can fix. So now I have three things I need to fix. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, it just lifts up to the max. Well, not even to the max Z height. It just lifts up like more than it would have had to go down. So it's not like the Z axis code was different. And it just starts cutting air, whatever. And it gets to the next Z thing and it lowers down to the right height. I'm like, that was weird. And it does it again. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here, right? But I can't change the file. I'm already now like three hours into this carve, right? Maybe two and a half hours into the carve the next morning. I'm like, whatever, I'll just deal with it. You know, I'll sand and bondo it by hand later on. And then the machine, it lifts up a third or fourth time, I forget. And it just travels over to a different area, right? Still above the workpiece and ratchets itself right down into the aluminum bed again <laughs> broke, and broke my bed and ruined the bed twice in two spots. So yeah, that put me in a rant a little bit. And I sent a story out Saturday night and then I tagged uh, Stepcraft and I'm like, you know, it's always something with this machine, you know? And I, I did a little write up on there, and their response Monday morning was to double tap and hard it. <laughs> they they liked your post. Yeah, they liked my message too. Just we like you, like we like this. Our machine is garbage. I'm gonna like it. You know, like what? That's not an answer. You know, they could I mean? have at least told you to turn it off and then turn it back on. Yeah, they could have told me anything but that. Oh, sorry, we're having. I'm sorry you're having trouble. Could have been a a weird thing, right? Mm. Anything, but the passive aggressiveness of just double tapping it. So our buddy Vincent over at Handmade by Vincent Ferrari, he saw it and he's got a CNC he's looking to get rid of. So we were talking a bit. It looks like I'm going to buy his off of him. But the main thing, what I'm going to do is I'm going to gut this thing. 
you know, I have a lot of money into it and who's going to buy it? And I'd feel bad selling it to somebody I know when I know it's got demons. But the frame of it is pretty solid, right? It's all on linear actuator. I don't know what those things are. It's not ball screw, but what is it? Where it runs on rails, not cables. I think it's called linear rails, right? Yeah, linear rails. So it has all that. So it's somewhat decent, which was the the main decider as to why I bought that over a different one because at the time they only had belt the other belt-driven ones out there. So what I'm thinking about doing is uh, just tearing it down, getting rid of all the step crap out of it, right? The motherboard and all that. And I'm going to go on one of those um, build-your-own CNC websites and buy a new motherboard, maybe some new motors, and uh, and pull a Chris and make it a Franken machine. Ooh, that would be cool. And then naturally, if I'm going to do that, um, I can get rid of that ugly orange when I dismantle it all, and I'm going to paint it green <laughs> and uh, make some new stickers on it that say "Never Buy a Stepcraft." <laughs> and I'm going to start doing I'm going to start doing some content on there. You know, everything they tell me is interference, which it's fine. But why make a product that gets that much interference? You know, I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, that seems pretty crazy. I mean, I bought my x carve in 2018 and the only interference i ever got was it would turn off and then on really quickly and if it would do that it would just stop moving completely which is better than it flipping out and diving down into the wasteboard especially if you have a nice aluminum wasteboard like you have like there are ways that i could get around that if if that did happen to my machine which again the x carve is very hobbyist it's the probably the cheapest cnc you can get into i could just restart the machine rehome it and then start the carve over again right keeping me from having to do bondo or anything like that this with my thing it's not a uh isolated incident if i mean the bondo thing is one thing but had it been wood i wouldn't have been able to fill it you know it's not a straight like it, it does its own thing when it does it it's not a straight line that it cut in there like it went on a curve, the reverse curve or what it should, like nothing was, didn't make any sense what it did. Um, and it's not the only issues. Like I've had issues where it just crashes, it turns off. I've had issues where the software that they provide you crashes midway through a cut. Um, and they give you this long, like 9,000 character thing, this error code, but it comes up in a dialogue box that you can't copy and paste it. And you can't sit there and cut it all out because at the end it just says dot, <laughs> dot, dot. So you can't, oh, man. Like, like, it's almost so poorly done that it's... it's um, By design. Yeah, it's almost like, oh, well, we got your money. Good luck. Jeez. You know what I mean? Like, and granted, I bought the, the largest of their quote-unquote hobby, hobby series. But what's funny is is there's the M series, which is the models above mine. And uh, when I posted that story, I got a lot of response from people that said that they hate theirs. And they sent me photos of theirs. And it's the M series ones. Oh, <laughs> so, no. And one guy reached out to me and he's like, yeah, I, I completely rebuilt mine. I gutted it and made it my own. So he just used, oh. that's what gave me the idea of doing this. Oh, good. So we know somebody so, that's already kind of tested the waters on that. Yeah, but he hit me up uh, at the time I was still fighting with it. So uh, I was in a rage at the time. But then <laughs> I went, I slept on it. Uh, I reached back out to him and I was like, did you change out your motherboard? Like, I, I, I kind of want to pick his brain to see what he did to his. Mm-hmm. Because the the unit itself is nice looking. Um, I wouldn't say it's the best out there. It's not the most... Well, with the aluminum bed, it's pretty pretty rigid. But before the aluminum bed was in there, it wasn't that rigid. So uh, I wouldn't say it's the best built machine out there by any stretch. But I think I can make it into something. But it just sucks because now I have to outsource what I was going to do to somebody else. So I'm sending some stuff out to Corey over at Odyssey Stan. He's going to take yeah. care of it for me. But it's just frustrating. Like you try and do something for a client and now it's going to be late and like... It's no fault of mine. It's just I bought a piece of trash that should work and it doesn't. 
Yeah, that, that makes it extra stressful and hard on you when you have somebody that's depending on you for a product that you, you told them that you could make for them and then your machine just doesn't perform like it should. It's, that's one of the reasons I have the, the two CO2 lasers in here. I have a little bit of a redundancy. So if one does completely fail out and I need to order parts from China that could take weeks to get back, I do have a fallback. So well, that's, that's the other thing with this is HDU. You ever buy a sheet of HDU? I know it's expensive. It's like 600 bucks. Jeez. So for what, <clears throat> for what size? Well, that would be for like a four by eight, but then you got to pay shipping on that or you got to find a local place to get it. And it's not easy to get for, you know, a guy like me. And then, uh, luckily for me, this client sent me the piece and he sent me enough for two because he knows I have issues with my machine. So he sent me enough for two and I don't even want to mess with the other one. I just want to take the other blank and send it out to Corey and just let him do it on a machine that works. Mm. But in the meantime, then I'm going to buy the one from Vincent and learn how to use that one and then rebuild this one so that I have redundancy. Yeah. So one is none. Two is two one. is one. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. So yeah. Uh, yeah. It should be good. What but, does yeah. uh, Vincent have? I'm curious. He, uh, nothing now. He sold it to me. Not yet. What is he selling to you? <laughs> uh, it's a shape Poco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Double XL. That's a good one. I would say that's that's definitely better than the X-Carve. It's more rigid. I mean, it is on belts, but it's a good machine. It seems really reliable. Yeah. I mean, I he a lot of people seemed to like theirs. it when he had it or used it, but he just doesn't use it anymore, you know, so takes up real estate he doesn't want to have taken up, so very I'm going to cool. snag it up. And Are you local to him, or is he going to have to ship that to you? No, we're, I mean, it'll be, he's probably an hour away. But oh, good. I'll go, yeah, I'll go get it. That's, That's good. not a problem. I would hate to have to package up a CNC and ship that. I, I feel like I would never try that. Yeah. It's good that you're local. You can go pick it up with your tailgate, your lift gate. <laughs> not that you'll need it, but you no. know. I don't know where he actually lives um, or where his shop lies, but uh, we'll work out those details later. Very cool. But yeah. So yeah, that that was my shop experience. A lot of things got thrown. Yeah. I'm curious about that emergency stop button. Do you think ever in a rage you smashed that button and knocked the wires off? No. I mean... No. I didn't uh, smash it. Maybe, but... Uh, so the machine was working when I was doing all the tests, not touching it. I never even got up out of my seat. It was working. And then, uh, you know, I'm just running it to make sure after I lubed the machine up just to make sure it would work and everything was working fine. I never touched that button and then it gave me an error. And then mm. in order to get to the button, you have to take the whole machine apart. So you got to take the bed off and then you got to take the front panel off and in the process of doing all that, the wires were still on it. Okay. So naturally, it it took a it definitely got the rage hit after that. <laughs> uh, there is a dent in my wall where that little stop button went flying across the room, and now miraculously it works again. So I don't know what was wrong. Maybe something tightened up in there. Maybe there was a something inside. I don't know. But I'm going to buy a nice big red button for it when I rebuild it. That's for sure. So that's an emergency stop, right? Like that's something that's, yeah. it should and be what? built to take a smack. Because yeah. if you happen to put your hand in there or something stupid. You would think. But when you feel this thing, it's, it's, it, it's I mean, plastic. they went with the lowest bidder. Yeah. You know? All mine are it's plastic junk. too. It feels like it's plastic on the inside. Uh, like lightweight garbage plastic. Like it feels chintzy. It feels like something you don't want to smack. I knew that when I put it on. That's probably why I never did it. Um, but when it dove into the the bed twice, luckily I was there because it got a nice smack then, you know. <laughs> and then after I was messing with it, I didn't even wire it up through the machine anymore. I just have it coming out the bottom and I hold it like a little trigger in my hand. So it's just weird, you know. It does really seem kind of cursed in a way. Like there's just something wrong with that CNC. When you talked about lubing up your rails and things, you didn't by any chance use a particular brand of hard wax oil, did you? <laughs> no, I'm just a guy in my garage, you know? 
<laughs> I'm not allowed to use that stuff. Have you heard that saga? The whole saga? Yeah. Have you been inter- paying attention to Dan Dunlap? The internet is blowing up right now. There's quite a debacle going on. Yeah. I I, I find it laughable at best. All of it. <laughs> what yeah. about you, Tony? I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. I think from what I read, and I didn't get in, what I read and watched, um, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's laughable. Like, there's there's no one that's right in this situation, as far as I'm concerned. They both, they both have a bit of a screw up on their, or a little egg on their face. A little, yeah. Um, I don't think Dan pro, uh, provoked anything. No, no, no. I don't think so either. I think that the Odie stuff started it. But then after that, I think there was mistakes made as well. So, I, I mean, I was obviously at my CNC all weekend. I knew nothing about it until <laughs> Sunday night. And uh, somebody had reached out and sent me a story about it. And a couple other people reached out. and was like, are you watching this? And blah, blah, blah. And so I started looking into it. And at first, and, and by that time, a lot had happened. So there was a lot of uh, content, I guess, if you want to call it that to go through, um, which is weird because I didn't see much in my stories, but then I went, somebody sent me like one of Dan's posts and I went and I read it and I'm like, man, that's crazy. Who would say that? You know? And it starts off with the, with the first post that he had. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Like, I don't know what provoked this, but then you start watching Dan's stories and he's saying how he didn't really provoke it. He didn't tag anyone. This guy just kind of sought him out, which I thought was really weird, you know? That mm-hmm. he, like, I've heard Dan talk about, I don't follow him, but I listen to his podcast and I talk to Dan every now and then on the, on the Zoom stoops and stuff. And he's a nice guy and he talks about Odie's. I never heard any ill will, you know? So why would that provoke this guy to say that stuff and then attack the whole community? But at the same token, then Dan's putting up, you know, a thousand stories of the same drama. So it's kind of weird. Yeah, then, you're... You're right. Like the initial comment from Odie's didn't seem warranted to me. Like the the whole attack, like it just seemed it seemed odd. He said something about snapback makers in the garages. That I think that's what set everybody off. You know, I'm sure. I'm sure all the other companies that ever started in a garage don't like. Who cares where you work? It's the quality you're putting out, right? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's a big demographic because I'm part of that demographic. I wear snapbacks every day and I'm working in my garage. Right. But like, who cares where you work? You know, I work in a professional environment and I work out of a spare bedroom in my house. Does that make me less of a professional? You say this and then I go into my house, into the bathroom where there's an exhaust fan and I spray lacquer and you guys get all up in arms about where I'm working. Well, that's just weird. But, uh, you know, if you use Odie's oil, then it's not, it's not, it's not chemical. It's not going to kill you, apparently. Is it true you can eat it? Because I could have swore I saw a reel <laughs> on your Instagram of you eating it like it was pudding. Yeah, I thought that would be funny. Uh, uh, it felt funny. I may delete it later. But, <laughs> it felt yeah. cute. May delete later. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I think the thing that upsets me the most about this entire thing is the fact that the owner of the company called Odie's Oil is named James. That's Hmm. what bothers you? Not the fact that he's calling out a whole demographic of fellow makers. (laughs) That's what bothers you? I mean, that'd be like starting a company, your name being Jad and calling it Bobby's Bootjacks. I mean, that's just, you're not being real. You're not being truthful. No. I mean, Bill Gates didn't call his company Bill. He called it Microsoft. Steve oh, Jobs called it Apple. Another companies that started in a garage. Or was it Macintosh? He called it Macintosh at first. Yep. Mm, yeah. Jeff Bezos calls it Amazon. Another one started in a garage. Hewlett Packard started in a garage. You know, the list goes on. So I wonder if even started in a garage. Well, he said he started at 12, right? In his garage. And then. When he was 12, he was able to move out to an industrial space, apparently. What would a 12-year-old be doing with hard wax oil? We don't know that that's the business he started at 12. It doesn't matter. 
it's just weird. But it's also weird how, you know, everyone's like, oh, like they're calling out. I saw somebody sent me a post today. Somebody was calling out um, the, the, the retailers that sell it that need to stop carrying it. Oh, like, wow. Mm, there's no, That's, I mean, hmm. so the guy's a jerk. There's plenty of CEOs that are jerks, you know? doesn't stop you from going to their establishments or yeah i think that's that should be left up to the retail stores themselves whether or not they want to make that decision i think each person well, should be able to make to that. them it's not like somebody's going to stop them you know yeah and in reality everyone who rallies around the cause at the moment are they going to stick with that cause like a year from now if they're still selling odies you think these people are not going to go to these retailers you're out of your mind the memes are quite hilarious, though. Did you see the one uh, where Full Steam was looking in his yeah. fellow snapback wearing hat maker's trash can to see if he could snag yeah. some? <laughs> so I, I was at work today, and I was working, and I, I thought up uh, the thing where I was going to take a spoonful of the Odie's. And uh, then I saw his, and I was like, well, now I don't even need to do it. I mean, right. this one's perfect. It is perfect. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the, I mean, there's some good ones. Um, but Dan, I mean, in the end, he's right. I mean, if the guy would just come out and be like, yeah, I, I said something I shouldn't have, it all would have went away. It all would have went away. If he's like, yeah, I, I don't know why I mentioned the garage snapback makers. It just would have went away instantly, in my opinion. Anyway. Yeah, I would, I would agree. I think that would, that would make a difference, but I think pride gets in the way of forgiveness and being sorry a lot of the times. It's interesting how that works. It's very true. Very, yeah. very true. Yeah. I think, I think, I don't know. This topic could go on forever, but I don't think we need to dwell on somebody else's saga. No. Oh, you know what else I was doing this weekend? Uh, the wife bought a bunch of old um, furniture off Facebook Marketplace, like that old steel patio furniture. Yeah. You know, like most of the time it's white. Um, and the previous owner had just been uh, painting it every year. But I don't think this guy knew what he was doing. He never, like, cleaned off the dirt. <laughs> never. Like, <laughs> so it's just, like, peeling paint with the, a fresh coat of paint over top. It's rusty. It was, like, rest spot. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So I started uh, knocking all that stuff off, and I was using the wire wheels, and I tried my new I, – I got that Contour from Eastwood, which is, like a, like, a bigger version of that Restorer machine. Have you guys ever used that? I haven't used it, but I've seen it. Yeah. Big brushes that spin kind of yeah. right in front, right? Yeah. Yeah. Things not, I mean, for, for this delicate furniture, it's not what you want. Like a wire brush would be better, but mm -hmm. I was hoping that I could just knock it out with that and be nice and done with it. Um, but the wife tried it with that first and then we decided the wire wheels, the better way to go. So I'm going to get some wire wheels, but do you guys know? I like the cups, like on a drill, mm -hmm. like yep. the cup wire wheel one. Mm -hmm. I like those better than the flat ones. Can you get that with a grinder attachment? I never bought one for a grinder. Can yes. I get that for my grinder? Yep, you can. You you can get, uh, for what you're doing, I'd probably get the, the non-twisted cup. So there's some that have the wires that are twisted. Yeah, that's for real harsh stuff, right? That's for like metal work and that would do a lot of damage. But if you get the ones that are what you'd see on a drill most of the time, it's kind of like a the wires kind of just crinkled. Yeah. Kind of got a yeah. little wave to it. I don't know what the term is for it. I don't either, They're, but that's what I have for my regular discs. Yeah, that's what yeah. that right there would probably work okay. You could probably get one for a drill that would work just fine. It'd be a little slower, but. Yeah, I have a be, drill one. Okay. But I don't want to use it. I want the grinder because it's got more power. I can just knock it out real fast. Okay. Yeah. So that that uh, yeah, there's definitely those. But when when you're using those, like, I mean, eye protection goes without saying. But wear something protective on your body as well, because they lose those wires. Like it's going out of style, and you will be a porcupine by the time you're done. Yeah. I use my leather apron when I do stuff. Yeah, like that. that's fine. You don't need like denim is enough, really, like an extra layer on top. And uh, yeah, it's yeah, that'd be the best thing. Yeah, 
Once do you, you think that's the fastest way to get this paint off? I mean, there's years of paint on it. But when you get it down, like I did one chair um, on Sunday, and it looks great if I do it. So, Depending on how bad the paint is, did you try a pressure washer by any chance? Oh, we started with the pressure washer. Yeah. Okay. No luck? Well, yeah. I mean, I have a small pressure washer, but um, the problem is there's so many years of different layers of, of paint, and there's different layers of where that, that paint had peeled, so it's really like a crazy texture on it you know yeah so it's not even smooth you see right. the different layers where they got ripped off i got you it's gonna look real nice when it's done but in the meantime i gotta get this paint off i thought about doing the citrus strip but it's not like it used to be it's messy too like yeah, they took all the good chemicals out of it <laughs> they really did the epa messed up they i forget i did a lot of research on this recently they, well it depends how you look at it they messed up for the guy wanting to use it they didn't mess up for the guy who needs <laughs> to stay healthy yeah i think this actually happened back i don't know why i know this but obama was in office somebody had been using citrus strip in there or maybe not even citrus strip just some kind of chemical stripper in a bathroom they were redoing a tub they did it with all the windows closed you guys know what happened to him Ever since that case, they had to take out, I forget the actual chemical, but there was a very specific chemical that used to be used for deteriorating paints and things like that. They had to completely remove that from everything that you can pick up from a Lowe's, a Home Depot, a Menards, or anything like that. Now, if you want to get the professional grade stuff, you have to go to a professional store and get it. Yeah, I don't want that. I'll just put on a face mask, my face shield, leather apron, and grind it away. Once you get it ground off, what are you doing? Same white, or are you going with a different color? Are we going green? I think, she, I think she's going to do white. Okay. Smart. Keeps it cool during the sun. And it looks not like, I mean, even the way it is now, all, all rusty and chipping and stuff, it's still cool looking, like that vintage look furniture. So, and they have the metal seat bottoms, or do you have to redo the Yeah, it's the got, bottom? well, I mean, we bought a lot, like a lot of furniture. There's a... Uh, uh, like uh, six chairs with like the expanded metal. And there's four chairs with like a round wood piece that's got fabric on it. Okay. And then there's a three piece set that has cushions and then a bunch of tables and stuff. So very nice. Yeah, you it's going to be cool. I'm excited. You get set up for a 4th of July party at the uh, compound. Oh, this won't be done by the 4th of July. <laughs> Wow, that's like two hours of work. Come on, pish posh. I got an hour in a one chair so far. Jeez, you stop playing with that CNC all the time. You might have time for this. It was kind of uh, uh, relaxing after all the stress of the CNC. Like the wife had gone out to try just that that tool. And then she's like, yeah, I'm not going to do this today. But, you know, and I'm like, well, all right. So I, uh, I was going to clean everything up. And then I was like, you know, I'm... I need a win, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so then I started working on it a little bit and I got the one chair done and then we had to leave to get a dinner. But, uh, yeah, it was, um, interesting to say the least. So I found, I'm doing some research. <laughs> I did find those wire wheels. They're calling it a crimped wire wheel. Hmm. And never would have guessed that. Yeah. I, I knew there was a specific term for it, but I just couldn't think of it. And yeah, you can get them pretty easily and like between 10 and $25. That's on Amazon. If you're going to put that com. on an angle grinder, though, I believe you want a variable speed angle grinder. Right, Tony? Uh, that'll give you more control, but it's not, nece- it's not necessary. Okay. I thought that, gonna, would, that would help you from losing more of the hairs if you could slow it down a little. Oh, you're, yeah, it definitely will, but... Then I'll just use the one on my drill. I mean... A, a, $10, a $10 cup, if it gets the work done and it lasts once, is I think it's worth it. Just don't let Watson eat any of those metal wires in the yard. Make sure you clean up after you're done. Watson doesn't eat metal trains. <laughs> Does he eat the grass? No. I also don't work where he hangs out, so... Okay. Good old Watson. That's that's Keith's son, by the way, for anyone that doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of the fur kind. Uh, you want to get into our favorite topic? What's that? Maker Camp. Oh, of course. I thought that was the only topic we have. 
<laughs> According to some people. I thought this then, podcast was then. called the Maker Camp Podcast. <laughs> what are we doing up at Maker Camp, Chad? Well, we will be hosting the Maker Camp Maker Swap 2022. Bring your A game. What does that mean by bring your A game? Show off your skills, your top skills. Show it off and whatever you make, bring it. So bring your best. Don't bring your crap. Don't bring your seconds. Don't bring your your B actors. Make something that will impress your fellow snapback wearing community. (laughs) My God. Sorry. I don't think I can ever drop it. The Chad has arrived. Here I am. But yeah, we're going to be doing the maker swap again. It's very simple. If you want to participate, bring something that you made. Uh, Make sure, um, you know, be cognizant that people travel from all over the world to come to Maker Camp. So if you are coming to Maker Camp, make something for the swap. You can enter it with us. We'll have pre-designated times that the the powers that be over at the Maker Camp set up. We'll have a a table, a little booth, a little display stand. Uh, You can drop your items off at those times. You can show it off to people while you're there. Say, hey, I'm on that thing i made such and such go check it out show off your skills and you will go home with another maker's item and your item will go home with somebody else so it's going maker to maker um we want to make sure that you show off what you can do as you do it and uh yeah make something cool and put it in should be interesting tony you got anything to add yeah i need to think of something to make <laughs> Oh, yeah. I like know what? what you could make. Uh, what a guy. And if it goes to me, it's perfect because I'm probably driving. I won't even have to fly with it. Oh, come on now. Yeah, I, I don't know what I'm making yet. I mean, we have a couple months yet, but I need to make it soon. Um, it probably won't be made on my stepcraft. <laughs> well, let's hope not. Yeah. If you have any ideas, let us know. But use the hashtag MakerCampMakerSwap with whatever you're making. Show it off early so other people can get excited about what they can possibly win. And uh, yeah, some good stuff around there, you know? Yeah, use that hashtag MakerCampMakerSwap. And if I'm sure we will feature the items that are being made and produced here on the show. So if you want to hear your name on this show, you can do that, of course. If that's okay with you and Tony, we will talk about them, right? Yeah. It's the whole, yeah. Cool. The whole was, purpose I, is community. I was questioning your, I'm sure it's, we will share and talk about items that are on that, on that hashtag. Very good. Yeah. So just like we did with the make what you fear challenge, we featured different makers as they were creating their items throughout. It's a good way to just introduce new people to the podcast and also just get your name out there and meet new people. One of my favorite things about the Maker Swap at Maker Camp was getting to see the different items that people were making. And I know this year we're going to do a much better job about displaying the items, having the names of the makers on site so you can walk around, see what has been made by the different makers. And then if you bump into them at the show, you can talk about the pieces. Yeah. And definitely show it off on that hashtag because I don't know if you guys remember last year, but as more people showed their stuff, the buzz really got moving and people really wanted in to see, oh, did you see what so-and-so made? I want to win theirs or theirs or theirs. But yeah, so you should start your projects now, get them made, bring them to Maker Camp with you. Um, You want to be able to do it in your shop to show off what your skills are. So. If you have any questions, you can email us at workinghandspodcast at gmail.com or send us a DM. Attention, Keith. Put attention, Keith. <laughs> oh. Yeah, yeah. I'll field all the questions. But whatever the question <laughs> is, I'll read it out on the podcast and give the answer so um, people can hear all the answers. If you're confused as to what this thing is, uh, there's probably other people that are also confused. So let us know. Yeah. And you can also check out the previous hashtag. You can see the items that were made last year. So if you're looking for ideas, you can go see what other people made in the past. Cause this is the second year we will be doing the maker camp maker swap. It's fun. You don't want to miss out. Tony, you got any recommendations this week? 
Uh, yes, I do. I do have one, uh, someone that popped up in my feed the other day and a gentleman named Jared Weaver, um, master of metal manipulation on Instagram. The blacksmith, uh, well, he's a, anything metal. That's his, his jam blacksmith. I think he shows as a retired, uh, welder, pipe welder. And, uh, yeah, makes some makes some nice stuff. It's a little bit of knife making, all kinds of fun stuff. Awesome, very cool. I like his name too, Master of Metal Manipulation. Is that right? Yes, that is that is one reason he come up with that name. So you got to follow <laughs> just because of that name. Yeah, he's using alliteration, just like I have in my name, Chad's Custom Creations. It's so hard to forget that. So everyone, go follow Master of Metal manipulation and chat's custom creations of course one of them i wish i could forget but we'll, we'll let you decide self-promotion is always so weird <laughs> yeah. i actually have a recommendation this week as well it is somebody that i've been following for a long time um his name is pierre and his handle is the swedish maker and he does all kind of as of digital fabrication, CNC-related stuff, lasers. And he's also recently been doing a lot of renovations on his house because he's getting ready to sell his house and move out to kind of a rural area. And he and his family are trying to spend a little bit less on living so that maybe they could spend more time together as a family. So I really admire what his vision is right now, and it's, it's been really cool following along with his story. And he's been trying some new techniques on YouTube. He's getting more narrative in the way he's producing his videos. And I'm really enjoying it because you get a sense of his personality throughout his projects. And he's incorporating storyline with also building projects at the same time. It's really fun to watch. And it makes me look forward to the next video that he's putting out because it's kind of like a cumul cumulative story to follow along with. So that's Pierre. And you can find him at the Swedish Maker, or you can also go listen to him over on the Three Northern Makers podcast, which is a podcast that I really enjoy. It's always a great listen. And there's three of them on there, like the name says. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> You're welcome. I wasn't going to do a recommendation. I didn't know you guys had them, but since we are, I'm going to recommend my buddy Vincent over at Handmade by Vincent Ferrari, because he's awesome. He also has a little podcast called Because We Make, which we've talked about a few times. It's a good podcast. Go listen to it. But my podcast recommendation this week, my official podcast recommendation this week, is going to be the Makeshift Podcast. Oh, yeah. Which is our good buddies, or my good buddies, my two of my favorite people in the maker community, Corey Stanley and Chris over at Full Steam Designs. Mr. Chris Powell himself has been on this show a few times. I think we, uh, I think we kickstarted his little podcast venture. He caught the bug from the Working Hands podcast, but they put together. Um, those guys were in the Navy together, actually on the same ship, and they reconnected through the maker community after they got out of the Navy, and now uh, they become friends again and started a podcast. And they have a couple episodes out, one of which is awesome, and the other one had a surprise guest which is uh, Chad from Chad's Custom Creations, which is a very different Chad than the Chad who's on this podcast right now. What do you think, Chad? Yeah, uh, I would recommend that podcast as well, just along with you. Again, it's for anyone that missed it. It's called the Makeshift Podcast. Really, I think you guys should check it out because it's it, it seems like they've been podcasting for a long time. I know we've had Chris on a few times, so he has some experience there. We had Corey on before. He played the part of Chad on our little spoof episode, and that actually was the brainchild of Corey. He had that whole idea, and I thought it was brilliant. So really good minds there. It seems like they're professional podcasters already. When you listen to their show, it just seems like you're hanging out in the shop with with some guys who have a good history together and it's it's been a fun listen for sure and two episodes in already and it was an honor to be invited onto their second episode you you said keith that you were good buddies with them but it's crazy to think that i was the first one on as their guest that's fine 
Fair. Um, yeah, I don't mind. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still good buddies with those guys, but that's not why I'm recommending it. It really is. It, I mean, I think it's going to be a good podcast the way they're dynamic together. Um, and they put out in their first episode, they talk about how they want to run their podcast, which is a little different than most podcasts. So I think it's going to be a pretty epic show. So I'm excited for them starting a new podcast, which two of those guys happen to be our patrons. So let's thank them and the rest of our patrons, Tony. Yeah. So as always, I'd like to thank our, our patrons. The numbers keep growing, which is great and surprising at the same time. So we'll get rolling here. Humbling. Thank you all. Yes. Very humbling. Um, we have Corey of Odyssey underscore Stan. Seem to talk about him a lot. Uh, the Etsy boys, Christy of Twisted Twine, Annette of 513 Woodworks, Hot Iron Metalworks, Too Many Mistakes, Full Steam Design by Chris Powell, Lillian Archer Photography, David Beck with Makes, NB Woodfinery, and our top tier we have Espoke Studios, Danelle Smith Christian, Brian Drennan, Lawrence of Maritime Nice Supply.com, Ed Johns, <coughs> Uncle Sam Metalworks, Green Street Joinery, Bobby's Bootjack Emporium, Vincent Ferrari of Because Because We Make Podcast, Artigino Sorio, Matt of Wooden Mustache, Hatch Made It, and Brian Housework of the Work For it Podcast. And then the last but not least in our top tier is Lee of Royal Street. Or Regal Street. <laughs> I always screw them up. Um, and then new this week, we have Ben of Red Wolf Knives and Lewis of Maldu Makes. Did I say that right? <laughs> yeah, it's Maldo Makes. Maldo thank you makes. all. Yeah, yeah, appreciate it. Thank you all. Thank you. I also want to remind everyone, if you are interested in supporting our show by getting a t-shirt, a mug, a glass, sticker, anything like that, you can check out our online store and you can find the link to that in the show notes or on our Instagram. If you want to get a hold of us, you can get a hold of us at Working Hands Podcast on Instagram at Gmail. If you want to find Chad, he's at Chad's Custom Creations across all your socials. Tony's at Woodland Iron. I am at Blackthorn Concepts. The uh, I do want to apologize to Lee. We can't have you on this week. So these guys fought for you, and I said no. But with that, let's head on over to the after show. <laughs> Bye. Later. <laughs>